Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it could be the first big small business crisis of 2023. Many small businesses that received federal pandemic loans, which were welcome relief at the time, are now on the hook for repayments. Some say the timing couldn't be worse. What now for millions of entrepreneurs who find themselves caught between a rock and a hard place? Also this morning on the heels of last week's CES, a closer look at how today's automotive technology is already harnessing the power of AI to make roads safer, even with fully autonomous vehicles, still perhaps decades from reality. And we have details on programs and events for the entire community in the month of January from the Hancock County OSU Extension. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, January 9th, 2023. Today is Balloon Ascension Day, commemorating the first hot air balloon flight on this day in 1790-something, I believe. So, uh, the very first, where would we be without that, I mean, it's a very significant date in history. We wouldn't have the Flag City Balloon Fest if we didn't have Balloon Ascension Day, the very first balloon flight. On this day, International Choreographers Day, so big salute to all of the choreographers of the world this morning. National Apricot Day, or Apricot Day. Is it Apricot or Apricot? Which is it? Um, It's tomato, tomato. Apricot, Apricot. Uh, National Poetry at Work Day. (laughs) But just make sure that you share the right poems at work, or that could get you into trouble. There was a young lady from Kent who... Uh, National Static Electricity Day, and it is Play God Day today, which strikes me as a very dangerous thing to do, but that's what it says. Uh, So the uh, Powerball jackpot is uh, growing. Nobody hit the uh, all six numbers in Saturday's uh, Powerball drawing. So tonight's jackpot in that game is worth $340 million. Tomorrow will be the Mega Millions drawing, and that one is worth $1.1 billion. So big lottery jackpots uh, growing here in the uh, in the new year. But nobody uh, hit the uh, Powerball over the weekend, so you don't have to worry about one of your coworkers not showing up for work mysteriously this morning. Uh, however, this I thought was uh, kind of interesting. Uh, in the state of Wisconsin, they do a Megabucks lottery. Uh, which is part of the uh, state lottery program, is their Megabucks game. And one winning ticket was sold for $15.1 million. And where else would it have been purchased but in the town of Luck? <laughs> Luck, Wisconsin. Uh, the the uh, winning ticket in the Wisconsin Lottery's Megabucks drawing. The prize has yet to be claimed. But um, business at Wayne's Food Plus, where the ticket was sold, has been booming ever since. Manager Paul Wondra said, I was told by the lottery people that now you're all of a sudden going to be a mecca for people looking to uh, get winning lottery tickets. You sold a big ticket. You're going to be the place to go. And that has indeed happened. So why why do people think that that's, you know, if it's if uh, the lottery hit once at a particular spot that it's any more likely to do that again. I don't know, but uh, that's what uh, I just thought it was uh, kind of funny that the win- winning Megabucks lottery ticket was sold in Luck, Wisconsin. Of course it was. So what is the uh, weather supposed to be uh, today here? Are we looking at uh, at some sunshine? Are we finally going to get some sunshine? A little bit of fog this morning. Decreasing clouds, it says here throughout the day so that i guess is is good news um if you think the weather has been crummy here in the new year lack of sunshine and all of that be glad that you don't live in grand rapids michigan now one could argue uh, you wouldn't want to live in michigan period (laughs) that state up north Uh, spoken like, spoken like a true Buckeye. Um, but especially in Grand Rapids, Michigan, since the start of the new year, residents there have enjoyed a whopping five minutes of sunshine, five minutes since the, of sunshine, since the start of 2023. 
Uh, and this is not subjective. The National Weather Service has cons- confirmed the statistic um, and noted that the when you look at the bigger picture, it's even more glum than that. In the first five days of January, the National Weather Service uh, says five minutes of sunshine in southeast Grand Rapids. Our last half sunny day in Grand Rapids was December 28th. And it gets even worse. The last mostly sunny day was December 4th. Can you imagine not having a day, a, even a mostly sunny day, since December 4th? Uh, National Weather Service weather trackers are hopeful the sunshine is heading their way soon. But can you imagine that is uh, just one more reason not to move to Michigan? That's crazy. Again, be thankful for a little bit of sunshine that we get uh, today. You're going to be watching the uh, college football championship game tonight. It's going to be tough for Buckeye fans, especially if Georgia ends up just you know, cleaning up in this. I mean, if they roll right over TCU, then Buckeyes fans be left wondering what might have been. But... Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting for the national championship game tonight. The music, the theme music for ESPN's college football national championship uh, will be written by legendary composer John Williams of right Star Wars fame and um, E.T. and Indiana Jones and some of the greatest movies of the 20th century. Uh, legendary composer John Williams wrote the uh, scores for, and Variety reports the new theme song for the college football championship is called Of Grit and Glory, will score a series of visuals that convey the feeling behind the night, fear and anticipation, triumph and failure, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. Um... John Williams composed the score with a 96-piece orchestra last month, and ESPN filmed the entire session, sparing no expense to uh, make this a big spectacle. And the uh, new theme song, it says, will debut tonight when TCU and Georgia face off in the title game. The question I have, are they going to ever use it again? Or is this a one-time thing? I mean, that's a lot of money you would think, to spend. I don't know how much they spent, but it's got to be a lot of money to spend for a one-off thing. So, anyway, listen for that tonight. I may have to tune in just for that. Then I can turn it off. It would be very disappointing, very depressing for Buckeyes fans. Um, Here is some uh, health news. Men, listen up. A new study published in the journal Nutrients, which I read my subscription cover to cover every month the study published in the journal nutrients finds that men who consume sweetened coffees and energy drinks are at a higher risk of balding that's right your morning cup of coffee may be making you bald Uh, men who drank one sweetened drink daily just one saw a 42 percent increase in their likelihood to lose hair compared with those who do not drink sweet drinks. I don't know if it's the uh, sweetener. I guess it would have to be. I mean, they're talking about sweet drinks, so energy drinks, sweetened coffees, that kind of thing. Uh, Researchers studied 1,000 Chinese men between the ages of 18 and 45 over four months. Now, the caveat here is that sweetened drinks... We're not the only bad dietary habit that these men had. They also tended to eat more fast food and fewer vegetables. Dr. Sharon Wong, uh, who I guess headed up this study, said nutritional deficiencies and crash diets are a common cause of hair thinning and shedding. Hair follicle cells are the second fastest dividing cells in the body and require all the nutrients of a well-balanced, healthy diet. So you want to avoid... Uh, hair loss, then uh, give up the sweetened drinks and start eating healthier is the uh, long and short of it. So men, put down that coffee this morning. And uh, finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories 
to start your day. I thought this this was a story that put a smile on my face. Frontier Airlines are offering flight vouchers for anyone who adopts uh, a trio of kittens at an animal shelter in Las Vegas, Nevada. Apparently, the airline found out that these kittens at this uh, animal shelter in Vegas have been named Frontier, Delta, and Spirit. (laughs) That's the names they've given them. Uh, And so Frontier Airlines jumped in and said, whoever adopts Spirit or Delta will receive two $250 flight vouchers, and whoever adopts Frontier, the kitty with their own airline's namesake, will receive four $250 travel vouchers. By the way, it's uh, pointed out, that uh, Spirit's name used to be Southwest, but the name was changed after an unfor- unfortunate series of events last month. They figured nobody wanted to adopt a kitten named Southwest, apparently, so they renamed it. Um, but uh, Frontier Airlines, in a statement, said, underscoring the plight of animals is near and dear to our hearts. Uh, the airline is famous for the images of animals that appear uh, on their planes. So that's kind of cute. Uh, offering flight vouchers to whoever uh, adopts those kittens, which is great. The only bad thing is that you have to fly on Frontier. It's those discount airlines, <laughs> that is not the most comfortable airline to fly. But there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy is the thought that counts. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly to mostly sunny today with a high of 41, partly cloudy tonight, a low of 30. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine has signed a bill into law that makes several changes to state election laws. Among other changes, House Bill 458 requires Ohioans to have a photo ID to cast their vote in person, limits drop boxes to one per each county's board of elections, and shortens the time frame for mail-in ballots to be received. Republicans in support of the changes say they're necessary to prevent voter fraud, while Democrats say the changes will only add more barriers for Ohioans when they vote. Get more on the website. Children's Mentoring Connection of Hancock County will be holding an open house and ribbon cutting to celebrate their new location in Findlay, as well as National Mentoring Month. Executive Director Stacy Shaw says Children's Mentoring Connection is now located in the Family Center at 1800 North Blanchard Street. This move will allow us to serve our clients mentors, and mentees while continuing to provide quality programming. In addition, our new location will encourage continued collaborations with agencies serving many of our clients. The open house and ribbon cutting will be held on Monday, January 23rd, starting at 2 o'clock. The Hancock County Chamber of Commerce will be there to do an official ribbon cutting, and Mayor Mern will do a proclamation. Get more on Children's Mentoring Connection on our website. A Democrat from Toledo is now the longest-serving woman ever in Congress. Marcy Kaptur says one of her top goals is to make sure the resources in the infrastructure bill that recently passed actually get delivered. To create the kind of good jobs and future that's necessary, we have to have very visionary thinking. Another major focus is the Great Lakes. Her bill to create the Great Lakes Authority passed in December to create solutions to the environmental challenges in the eight states bordering the lakes. WTOL 11's Kaylee Kirby reporting. Students in Finley City Schools will be getting some days off over the next couple of weeks. The school district says there will be no school on Thursday and Friday of this week for staff training days and no school on Monday, January 16th for Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We have a link to the school district's full calendar on our website. I'm Matt Demchek for 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Well, the first crisis of 2023 for small businesses is something that many would say we probably should have seen coming. A lot of small businesses that receive federal pandemic loans, which were welcome relief at the time, are now on the hook for repayments that are coming due. And some say the timing couldn't be worse. What now for millions of entrepreneurs who find themselves caught between a rock and a hard place? Business strategist Ami Kassar is a CEO and founder of Multifunding, a business loan advisory firm. So, 
I mean, just to clarify, first of all, we're not talking about the Paycheck Protection Program. Those were technically loans, but were forgivable. These were disaster loans that were issued by the SBA, right? That's correct. And we have to, I think, to understand these loans, look at the history of them. This is a program that's been around a long time. For when a hurricane or a tornado strikes a business and it literally gets wiped off the face of the earth. And the loan is designed to give businesses the chance to rebuild with cheap, long-term capital with reasonable payments. And that's what the intent of this program is. Emphasis on the word long-term, because these are like 30-year notes and, and millions of them are coming due beginning this month. Correct. And um, they were handed out almost like candies. And people took them, and then there were no payments for two years, so some people thought it was sort of free money. Yeah. But these are these are an IOU to the federal government, and businesses need to make a plan to pay them back. The, the government has a lien on their business, and uh, you need to make, you know, it, it's a responsibility, yeah. and you need to take care of it. Yeah, like we said, uh, probably should have seen this coming, because I don't think anyone necessarily expected the economy to turn on a dime and go straight back to the way it was before the pandemic. So there was was always a risk here. Right, but you also have to remember, you know, if you take a loan of over 10 years or take a loan over 30 years, the payments on a 30-year loan are about a third of the size. These are not crazy loans and what people have to understand is if you take on debt and you take on a loan right you're responsible for paying it back and sure the timing is not great now keep in mind i'm sure that there are some businesses out there who really got hit by covid and generally struggled and desperately needed this money to survive and i empathize with them and and in those cases some of them might need a little extra time there are also plenty of other businesses who sort of took this money as as free money out of fear of missing out. There was no proof of e- economic injury required to take these loans. And mm. uh, there's a broad mix of borrowers in there, and they need to pay their money back. Yeah. So, so what options do these small business owners have at this point if, like for many of them, it's coming at kind of a uh, you know bad timing with the economy uh, being sort of uh, shaky, obviously, right now. Uh, is there any option they have other than to, to yeah. suck it up and find a way to do it? Well, you can go to the SBA and you can ask for some extra time to pay and they will look at your situation. But you also have to keep in mind that when you do that, you have to be make sure that you use the money for proper reasons. So you use the money um, to re- legitimately recover from the pandemic and you were hit hard and you can prove that you did that. If you can't do that, it's going to be tough to ask for extra time or sympathy. Kind of reminds me a little bit of some advice that one expert told me many years ago that when a business needs to borrow money to expand, that's good. But when you need to borrow to survive, that's bad. Now, I know, obviously, there were extenuating circumstances in this case and not taking these loans for uh, many would have had disastrous consequences of their own. But is it ever wise to borrow money to survive or are you just digging a deeper hole? Sometimes you have no choice. You know, building a business is never in a straight line. And sometimes you need to borrow money to survive or to get you through a tough patch. The thing is, never borrow money without a plan. Never borrow money without a strong thesis and carefully monitor it and track it. Don't borrow money just for the sake of borrowing it. And if you're in a hole and you need to borrow money, be really clear that you understand the terms of the loan. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's a long-term loan with reasonable payments like these loans are. Many people in pitches borrow money on uh, from private lenders at crazy terms, and that really gets them in trouble. Well, that actually kind of brings up the next uh, question that I wanted to ask. I mean, uh, I'm thinking this will also maybe compound the issue for entrepreneurs who will be looking to borrow for the right reasons moving forward, and we certainly don't want to make matters worse in the future because, again, we could be paying on these loans for 30 years. What is the smartest way for small businesses to borrow? I mean, there are an awful lot of options from lines of credit, uh, as you mentioned, conventional loans, SBA loans, business credit cards. You know, all of these are loan uh, credit items. Is there um, are there some better than others? I'm assuming they are. And is it better to delay any of that at this point because of the way interest rates are rising right now? 
So there's that's a mixed bag with lots of questions. Part of it depends on what you're borrowing for. Mm-hmm. If you're bar- borrowing for working capital needs, that should be a line of credit. And if you're borrowing for investment reasons, that should be a term debt, term loan. When it comes to term loans, we always recommend the, the SBA because of the long repayment schedule and the relatively low monthly payments compared to other ways. Whatever you do, make sure to take the time to get a couple of different opinions. Don't pick, uh, don't rush, uh, don't make these decisions in a hurry. Uh, get some different perspectives. Talk to your CPA or your business coach or advisor. Don't just go assume that what the first bank tells you is right and make a plan, but never, never borrow money without a plan. And the uh, underlying advice in there is that if you don't have an advisor, get one because uh, it is always good to have some an, an expert on your side who's looking out for your best interest again uh, business 100%. yeah uh, business strategist ami kasar again ceo and founder of multi-funding and business loan advisory firm ami thanks very much for taking the time we appreciate it my pleasure to be with you thank you so much well you know when we talk about the future of automobiles There's been a lot of speculation, a lot of talk about autonomous or self-driving cars and the technology that will make that happen, much of it based on artificial intelligence. Well, did you know that AI is here now on the road and making driving safer and more cost-effective for business fleets? Netradyne is a fleet safety software provider, VP of Fleet Safety Strategy. Barrett Young is with us uh, this morning. Talk about how... Uh, artificial intelligence, AI, uh, in this context, impacts the safety of, well, certainly fleet drivers, but really all drivers on the road. Of course. Good morning. Yeah. So at Nextrime, we've developed some really remarkable artificial intelligence that can be used to improve the driving behavior and safety on the roads for commercial vehicles. Uh, and quickly, what it does is it'll able to read uh, objects on the road, like other vehicles or street signs. Uh, like speeding uh, or stop signs, as well as the drivers themselves to monitor are they drowsy and falling asleep or distracted and looking at their phone, and in real time can alert the driver to these risky driving behaviors and correct them to ultimately be able to reduce the number of accidents and improve safety on the roads for everyone. So is this technology that can be scaled for everything from long-haul trucking companies to delivery drivers uh, in, you know, in, in smaller trucks, that kind of thing? Absolutely. In fact, we have um, several thousand customers equaling uh, several hundred thousand different vehicles on the road um, spanning across multiple different vehicle types. And so, yes, long-haul trucking Uh, as they travel across our our great nation, all the way down to the delivery drivers driving through our neighborhood where our children play. So ultimately, we want those drivers being alerted to conditions on the road, paying attention to the road in front of them, um, because that's where our families are. We want them driving safe. Now, you recently uh, commissioned a survey uh, about some of the challenges for decision makers at small and medium businesses with smaller fleets of commercial vehicles. What did you find? Yeah, so the way we've been taught to improve driver and fleet safety is perfectly suited for a world that no longer exists. There is a new and better, more effective way uh, to do this through the power of AI technology, positive reinforcement, and frequent scalable driver coaching. So the survey we actually just conducted really highlights some interesting statistics. First, 69% said they would consider punishing drivers for bad driving. But at Netstein, our mantra, and uh, we believe uh, very similar to science, is that to improve behavior, actually you need to encourage positive reinforcement. So mm-hmm. reinforcing the great things drivers are doing, rewarding those for them, those good things. Um, second is that the financial burden of running a fleet uh, is difficult. Margins are already razor thin. And what our survey produced was 100%, not 95, 98, but actually a full 100% expressed interest in technology that could help save on fuel costs, which obviously fuel costs is a hot topic right now, especially when it comes to the budget for commercial vehicles. And by addressing the risky or aggressive driving behavior like hard accelerations or hard brakes, you can turn safety technology from a cost center into a cost saver. Interesting. Uh, So I'm wondering, how often do companies approach this 
from a financial aspect, uh, looking to save costs and the increase of uh, safety is a, uh, a nice byproduct of that. And how many times uh, is it the reverse? We want to improve safety and then the uh, cost savings is a pleasant byproduct of that. They very much go hand in hand. And that's part of the narrative that that is really trying to help tell is that to really to improve both financially and safety, you need to invest in the technology that will identify areas where fleets are either losing money or wasting money. For example, unnecessary fuel usage, as I just mentioned, or even moving violations. A, you know, moving violation for a commercial vehicle is far more expensive than it is for a commercial uh, uh, driver, or sorry, a consumer driver. Yeah. And even within the survey that we ran, 85% considered purchasing a type of AI-based safety solution if the investment was just over a dollar per day per vehicle, which is very similar to what Naturdyne is offering. And what is the uh, what is the response from the the drivers themselves? I mean, how do they feel about uh, this technology? Legacy uh, dash cams did have some pushback from drivers, but yeah. again, we are in a new age of how uh, safety is being improved, and so through. AI itself, although the AI sounds super techie, in this situation, it really is just a co-pilot. According to the survey, 82% wish they had drivers had a virtual coach. And that's what this AI does. It provides real-time alerts inside the cab to alert them of speeding or if they're following too close or distracted looking at their phones or myriad of other risky driving behaviors. So ultimately what it does is this virtual coach helps to prevent accidents before they actually happen. Is this a bridge? Uh, as we were talking, you know, a lot of the talk about AI uh, on the road, uh, you naturally get to the question of autonomous or self driving vehicles. Is this a bridge to that? Uh, eventually, it could be. Right now, we want to address exactly what's happening on the road today. Yeah. And through the AI, we're able to really improve that driver behavior. Um, the technology for our autonomous uh, it certainly exists, but it's a long ways away. Yeah. Um, and you were talking uh, earlier, back to the you know benefits for, uh, for fleets, for businesses, uh, especially small and medium uh, businesses. Uh, when we talk about uh, safety improvements, when we talk about cost savings, I would imagine that also uh, will uh, positively impact the likelihood of those businesses being able to expand given the uh, current economic uh, environment. This may be the difference between being able to expand and just barely you know, keeping a head above water, as it were. Exactly. This type of technology can actually serve as a tipping point. Many fleets, a large percentage of fleets, considered that losing just one vehicle out of their uh, their fleet, you know, through an accident or something like that, would be financially detrimental to the success of their business. Sure. And so, either it can make or break. But by using technology like this, and by reducing the accident, it provides them an opportunity to grow and expand, and of course, you know, reducing unnecessary costs. Talking about uh, the way artificial intelligence applications for AI uh, on the road, even today, uh, with respect to business fleets, Netrodyne, again, is a fleet safety software provider, vice president of fleet safety strategy, Barrett Young with us this morning. Barrett, thanks very much for uh, taking the time real quickly before we let you go. Where would folks learn more about this uh, system? You mentioned, mentioned the survey and so on. Where do we get more info on all of this? Absolutely. We have some really amazing resources over at netrodine.com backslash fleet safety. Thank you for having me. Information that makes a difference. Good mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Leading off uh, today's uh, collection of the odd and unusual side of the news, charges may be in store for a man who abandoned a dog outside of the, um, what is it, the Des Moines Airport, Des Moines, Iowa, before hopping a plane to Newark, New Jersey, Charles Bigson allegedly left his one-year-old puppy tied up after he was told that uh, the uh, dog would need a crate to fly, uh, and he didn't have one, so he just tied up the dog and boarded the plane. 
nice guy. Um, authorities say he could potentially face dog abandonment charges. Fortunately, some good Samaritans rescued the dog named Allie outside the airport, tied the dog up outside the airport. Uh, they uh, took her to a shelter and one of the good Samaritans who rescued the puppy is expected to adopt the dog who they say has a very friendly disposition. So, no credit to her previous owner there. That's crazy. Let me tell you. Some people. Speaking of uh, airports and animals, this is kind of an odd story. The TSA, you've seen the uh, film, or you've heard of, maybe you haven't seen it, but you've certainly heard of the plane, or the, uh, the uh, movie Snakes on a Plane, right? <laughs> no more of these snakes on this plane! Um, the TSA apparently stopped a sequel in the making when it refused to allow a four-foot boa constrictor onto a plane. Uh, this was at Tampa International Airport. The serpent named Bartholomew was allegedly an emotional support animal. <laughs> I saw that and I'm thinking, what kind of support do you need? A boa constrictor is your emotional support animal. Bartholomew showed up at Tampa International in a carry-on bag last month. When his owner tried to put him through the x-ray machine, he was flagged. <laughs> I'm sorry, we can't let your boa constrictor on the plane. While service animals are allowed on airplanes, the Department of Transportation says this refers to dogs specifically trained to help passengers with a specific activity or disability. Uh, pets generally have to travel in the cargo hold under uh, certain conditions. And uh, I'm not sure that I want a snake on a plane, period. You know, I don't care whether it's in carry-on, the cargo hold. I mean, not sure that I want to at all. By the way, speaking of the uh, Tampa airport, did you hear about this? Um, Tampa International is finally named... It's famous 21-foot flamingo. If you've ever been to the Tampa International Airport, you've probably seen this sculpture that stands in the main terminal, greeting tourists and locals alike. And it's, apparently the uh, flamingo has never had a name. So they put this out there, and over 37,000 votes were cast uh, for a potential name for the flamingo statue. The top three final choices were Cora, Finn, and Phoebe. And the winner, Phoebe. Uh, with over half the vote, Phoebe was uh, created by artist Matthew Mazzata. So it's Phoebe the Flamingo, the Tampa International Airport. Next time you go, say hi to Phoebe. Uh, let's see what else is uh, going on in the world in our dumb criminal category. A Georgia man uh, whose name is not given here in the uh, story. Georgia man uh, managed to elude police in a motorcycle chase in Clayton County, Georgia. Might have gotten away with it were it not for social media. Apparently, the suspect just couldn't resist posting video of the pursuit on TikTok under his own personal account name. Which police then then used to track him down. Uh, Lieutenant Reamers of the Clayton County Sheriff's Office found footage of the chase online. And the cops were then able to identify the make and model of the motorcycle and locate the owner. It is unclear exactly what uh, all charges he now faces, but he's in trouble. <laughs> Just couldn't resist posting it on social media. Just couldn't resist. <laughs> You're so obsessed with social media today. In the dumb criminal department, story number two here. Uh, Nikoi, is that how you pronounce it? Nikoi Ray Brown, age 54, is facing up to 20 years behind bars because he just couldn't stop himself from robbing a bank. Now, Mr. Brown has a reputation for robbing banks. So when he was on supervised release from prison and, and paid a visit to Florida, he decided to do what he does best, or in this case, doesn't do best, and that is rob a bank. Who couldn't have seen this coming? 
Mr. Brown stormed the McCoy Federal Credit Union in Belle Isle, Florida, shoved a note to the teller that claimed he had a weapon. It said, give me all of your hundreds, fifties, twenties, twenties, and fives. (laughs) He didn't want tens, apparently. He just wanted hundreds, fifties, twenties, twenties, and fives. No ones, he said. (laughs) No ones. And don't push the alarm. The teller complied, as tellers are trained to do, uh, gave Mr. Brown some bait money in the amount of $4,296. So apparently she did give him at least one one. Um, Another employee watched Mr. Brown flee the bank and run into a nearby gas station. And although she didn't know exactly what was going on, the other teller said his behavior was suspicious. So uh, she alerted police. Um, who were, who arrived on the scene and apprehended Mr. Brown at a nearby hotel. They recovered both the stolen cash and the threatening note, plus the ditched disguise at the gas station that he ran (laughs) over to. (laughs) Just not too bright all the way around. The uh, suspect waived his rights and confessed to the robbery, saying he needed the money to finish a movie he was making. (laughs) Uh, well, okay. The uh, police report said he uh, told them he could not resist the demons because apparently robbing banks was the only way he knows how to make money. Which is actually kind of sad when you think about it. Mr. Brown was charged with bank robbery, pleaded guilty last week. He now faces up to 20 years in prison. Prior to this incident, he was convicted of robbing three banks in Baltimore and had been serving a 25-year sentence for a 2001 robbery, uh, 2001 robbery, he was granted compassionate release in 2020. So, just just couldn't resist. He's making a movie. All right. Maybe a story about a guy who can't resist robbing banks. And finally, in the broken news this morning... <laughs> The elite Swiss ski resort of Gostad, is that how you pronounce it? Gostad, has been being labeled hypocritical after the so-called sustainable resort called on a helicopter to shoot artificial snow onto its slopes with cannons amid a warm winter in Central Europe. Making matters worse, the resort announced the plot was a complete failure And the resort now is attempting new techniques to remain open amid daily temperatures in their 60s. Um, Now, Gastad supposedly prides itself on its sustainability with solar paneling on its restaurants, central heating fueled by wood from nearby forests, and uh, clothes washed locally using hydropower. But they've been having a problem. They have no snow. Uh, So they use this helicopter to try and bring in fake snow. Uh, In retrospect, the resort said in a statement, the emergency measure was ecologically insensitive. Uh, If snow cannot be returned to the slope sustainably, the resort says it will just close, as many others have throughout the Alps in the past month. (laughs) So a bit hypocritical there, as it turns out. There you go. That is today's Broken News Report. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. And yet another major brand just announced it's halting all social media advertising. The two most overused and abused words in advertising are truth and trust. They are the two most precious commodities for all brands, big and small, as an advertiser. You have to trust your partners to protect your brand's truth using the media consumer's trust. Radio, it's on. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. This is another one that kind of relates to uh, New Year's resolutions because one of the most popular New Year's resolutions every year has to do with money, uh, better finances, getting your finances in order, uh, better money management, so on and so forth. A lot of people make that New Year's resolution. And especially this year, 
uh, given the uh, state of the economy and a lot of questions and runaway inflation and you know all of these things that play into this. Well, it appears, at least according to a recent poll, that younger millennials are the most likely to be careful with their cash and also the most likely to take action in their households to reduce monthly expenditures. This is a poll of 2,000 adults found that those who were between the ages of 25 to 34 were almost twice as likely to make those changes as adults in Generation Z between the ages of 18 to 24. 12, this is probably not a big surprise in that respect, because with age comes a little bit of wisdom. Plus, you get into that 25 to 34 age range, you're really approaching your peak money-earning years, and so... You know, you start to really uh, think hard uh, about, you know, better managing your money and how you're going to put it to use. And you start to think maybe about retirement a little bit. 12% of those in the millennial group have worked from the office, even when they didn't have to, in order to save cash. Hmm. Uh, They are also the most willing to try new ways to save money in 2023. 78% of millennials compared to just 49% of adults younger than they are are willing to try new ways to save money. Uh, And some of the ways are really rather creative. Check this out. Uh, And again, this is among the millennials. They say they're... uh, much more likely to try dramatic money-saving ideas such as showering at the gym and batch-cooking meals to make the most of the oven and hot water heater being on. (laughs) They're on anyway. You may as well make all of your meals all at once. But then, of course, don't you have to reheat them uh, eventually? So I'm not sure that you're really saving a whole lot. Um, but those are a couple of dramatic ways and out of the box thinking the ways, uh, 25 to 34 year olds are cutting back. Um, it is also, uh, also came out from the survey that overall saving money was the top new year's resolution of those, particularly in that age group, which is a reversal of 2022's goals The top goals last year were dealing with health and diet, the uh, top focus. So just kind of interesting, this survey, 2,000 adults and uh, some of the dramatic measures that they either have or would implement or consider implementing in order to save cash. (laughs) What do you think? Joining us this morning with what is happening in the month of January from the Hancock County OSU Extension, Family Consumer Sciences educator Jennifer Little. Jennifer, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. We were just talking a little bit before and on the air uh, for you folks at Extension January, uh, you you the time when you compile all those reports and everything on everything that you've done over the uh, past year. And at the same time, while you're busy with that, <laughs> Uh, you're still, you've got a whole slate of stuff going on in the month of January, so you are very busy. Yes, You would think while you're making all of these reports, (laughs) you'd kind of slow down a little bit, but no, you've got all kinds of things going on in the month of January. Yes, yes, of course, right now it's the beginning of of a new year, and we think about 4-H. They've got, you know, online enrollment is now, enrollment 4-H now is now online, so it's Mm -hmm. ongoing, Um, and there are some, so there's, you know, there people can enroll at any time. But um, January is the time when some of the clubs are reorganizing and some of the um, specialty areas like the shooting sports club. I was told one of our um, employees in the office is very involved with that group. And Mm -hmm. January 17th and 23rd, they're having a shooting sports kickoff. So for young people and their families who are interested in finding out more about these kinds of activities and um, 4-H projects, they can come to the Ag Services Center on either of those nights at 7 p.m. and find out more about that. All right. Um, and then January 18th for our creative um, families, there's a make it and take it sewing event. Um, and for youth who are interested in such, you know, such kind of creative projects, and that's at 6 p.m. also at the Ag Services building. And the students will be actually making things they can take home, a scarf and gloves and um, and hats. And I think they need to bring a sewing machine and an adult helper with them when they come that day. Okay. But 
um, from a 4-H perspective, that's some things going on. And then I think January 28th is an advisor kickoff event. So for we'll be kind of getting the advisors all together. And okay. um, so, yeah, Lauren is very excited about the upcoming year. And I think it's going to be it's going to be a good year. So right out of the gate, a lot of things going on with uh, 4-H. Uh, also on the ag side, there is a pesticide applicator training coming up a little bit later on this month as well. Yes, that is um, that is something that has to happen you know, on a regular basis right. for those who are applying pesticides. Um, so yeah, that's January 26th. And if people want to find out information about that and to register, they just need to call our office. Yes, so registration now underway for that. Uh, as far as your area of... Of expertise this as you mentioned with the uh, new year a lot of people are making those new year's resolutions and uh, better health and that kind of thing always very popular the uh, eat well live well uh, program is can be a big part of that yes yes um yes i have a monthly program at the um finley hancock county library and it's on the first wednesday of the month and this um just last week i had an event and we had some some new visitors to the program, and I was so happy to see some new faces there. Obviously, people making New Year's resolutions yeah. and getting yes. serious about this. Yes, so. and our topic actually was on, um, it was the, to all a good night, and the whys and hows of healthy sleep. We don't very often think, I mean, this is one of the, we've talked about it on the program before, one of the most overlooked things that you can do for your health is just by getting enough sleep and getting good sleep. Yes, yes. Adults need about seven to eight hours of sleep each night. And if you are like me, I'm one of those people that, oh, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to get to sleep. But it, every night it's just like, oh, one more thing. I'm going to, you know, watch right. this one more episode of the show I'm binging. Sure. Or I've got to do one more, you know, thing around the house before I go. And then it's an hour has passed. And then, oh, there's my opportunity for my seven hours. It's already gone out the yeah, window. Exactly. Um, but yeah, there's, um, there are some significant health risks and financial risk. You know, when the, um, AAA, the travel you know, organization, their foundation estimates, and this is in 2022, that 328,000 automobile accidents are related to people that are overly tired. I can believe it, yeah. Um, and 6,400 of those are fatal. So people are losing their lives as a result of that. You know, We yeah. often think about um, impaired driving being related to um, alcohol or substance use sure. or texting and driving, but just not getting enough sleep is an issue. And um, and there are some researchers that estimate that the, the count could be much higher because unlike substance use, there's no test for <laughs> someone who's in right. an accident if they're too tired. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're thinking there's, you know, they, they can't validate that, but they do feel like the numbers are probably a lot higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and I, we've all probably had that yeah. uh, where, you know, you suddenly realize I have no idea what happened in the last 20 miles I was driving. You know, I'm just kind of zoned either because I'm tired or my mind is wandering, maybe because I'm tired. So, yeah, these are real world things. Yeah. yeah. And um, safety in the workplace is another thing. Another you know, thing, I, yeah. I, I worked in healthcare and there was a lot of emphasis placed on making sure people were not working impaired, you know, related to mm -hmm. drug or alcohol use or anything. But um, being overly tired. They're, um, overly tired workers are 70% more likely to have an accident. 70%. In the workplace, wow. yes. 70%. Think um, about that. Yeah, because those employees have more difficulty with mental processing and reaction time. So mm. when we think about some of those more hazardous types of jobs, industry jobs where they're working with heavy machinery, you, know, right. you don't have that reaction time, that you know that can lead to a lot of problems. And that says nothing uh, to the fact that if you're not getting enough sleep, if you're tired through the day, then you're probably going to be drinking more caffeinated uh, beverages, which are not healthy, eating more sugary foods to kind of boost that energy, which are not healthy. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, this has a huge snowball effect. Yeah. So, the, yeah, in, in addition to us being tired and trying to use crutches like, you know, mm -hmm. caffeine or food, yeah. which can lead to, you know, other issues, you know, that there's also just some direct health issues related to lack of sleep because when our body is sleeping, we are actually, there are things happening in our body that needs to happen. You know, our bodies are renewing energy. Our muscles are being built. We are building and repairing our cells from mm -hmm. the wear and tear of the previous day. Right. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, there's actually um, health um, studies that have shown that people who don't get enough sleep, they actually, their inflammation cells, the cells that are um, responding, 
are attributed to our inflammation, which can lead to chronic diseases, things right. like heart disease, mm-hmm. things like diabetes, right. um, things like high blood pressure, stroke. Um, those, people who don't get enough sleep have a higher a number of those cells. We and just, that, so they're, yeah, they're putting themselves at risk for these chronic diseases. Our body needs time to recharge, rest and recharge, and we're not, not giving it enough time. So yes. very uh, important point well taken to make that if your new year's resolution is to live healthier that's a great place to start so perfect for the first uh event of the year your uh, next one coming up in february is on home cooking yeah well yes i am planning on starting a series um at the library talking about um home cooking related to foods that are commonly eaten all over the world. Mm-hmm. There are some staples that no matter what culture we come from, yeah. um, those foods are very popular. And they're health, healthy foods, things like poultry, chicken. It's, you know, we're going to look at some ways that these food, some common foods are, um, are prepared for different cultures throughout the world. So I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be tasty. We'll also yeah. talk about um, the health benefits of some of these things and why maybe they are commonly used. You know, things like we think about the potato. It's a staple, but it's actually eaten not just, you know, not just from Ireland. It's <laughs> And here in Northwest Ohio, it's, it's found in many yeah. cultures throughout the world. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited about that. I think that'll be a fun um Fun, fun new topic to explore over the next couple of months. So do people need to sign up for those uh, programs? Yes, our Eat Well, Live Well series, they do because there is an, uh, a capacity for the room and space mm-hmm. that we're using. Yeah. They do. Um, we would, we'd like that they would contact the library and just go to their library's web okay, or so you do page. That through the and they can library. just do that through the library, yes. Okay, yes. very good. And uh, also through the uh, Eat Well, Live Well uh, program, there are a number of other things that people can sign up for uh, – uh, oh, like the, live well, health, live healthy, live well. Actually, live healthy, yeah, yeah, there's well. yeah, two sorry. things yeah. kind of going on there. Yeah, yes. Eat Well, Live Well is a program that I do with a local library. Okay. But Live Healthy, Live Well is um, a statewide extension kind of initiative, mm-hmm. and I am part of that. And um, it's an organization that has a, a monthly, a weekly blog. They also have a Facebook page. Lots of great information and articles there. And then two times a year, we also sponsor. Um, an email challenge to be able to sign up and get six weeks of worth of messages and, and ideas about how to um, address topics of wellness for themselves and their community. So a lot of resources yes. available from the yes. extension. If that is your New Year's resolution, you make this year the year that you actually get it done. Uh, you can find more information about all of this stuff on your website, right? Yes, and they can reach out to me too at the office. Give us a call or reach me at little.18 at osu.edu. Very good. Uh, Jennifer Little again with the Hancock County OSU Extension. We've got a link up to their webpage from ours at goodmornings.net. Jennifer, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Chris. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the Ohio House of Representatives had some drama of its own in choosing a new speaker. Representative John Cross will join us to talk about his legislative agenda for the coming year. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.